you're invited to the block party. Here's your hosts, Ben Curtis and Kevin F. McNulty. Welcome back, everyone, into another episode of Block Party. He's Kevin McNulty. I'm Ben Curtis. This is WMUC Sports' Maryland Volleyball Podcast. And Kevin, it is time. We have made it. We have played two matches of volleyball University of Maryland has. We are into the Big Ten season. It feels so good to say that. I know. The first sport not named basketball or football to play uh, for the Terps uh, now in, in January of 2021. And it was really exciting seeing volleyball back this weekend. For Maryland, not, not an ideal weekend, but it's good to be talking about actual volleyball matches with you, Ben. Last time we talked on this podcast, we were talking, are the Dolphins or the Bears going to make the playoffs? Uh, you know, now we don't have to worry about that. Now we just have volleyball to talk about, so it, it feels good. The hypotheticals are gone. The what-ifs are gone. We have actual real-life matches to talk about. And Maryland coming off of an 0-2 weekend in Columbus against the Ohio State Buckeyes, who were picked 7th in the Big Ten preseason poll. An encouraging weekend uh, in Columbus. We'll break it down a little bit more. Uh, but kind of the headliners, Maryland goes 0-2, a pair of five-cent losses to the Buckeyes. Uh, their first match was Friday, the 22nd. They won sets two and three. to Take a two sets to one advantage. They dropped sets four and five, though, and the Buckeyes picked up the opener. A lot of positives to take from match one on Friday. Perhaps the biggest one was the performance of Raynell Jones with 12 kills. Yeah, Raynell Jones leading the team in kills, something we didn't say very often in 2019. You know, you had Pritchard leading the charge and then Katie Myers, uh, you know, third on the team in kills has departed this season. So Raynell Jones off to a hot start uh, on Friday night and, and she looked really good in, in the middle. And that's exactly what Adam Hughes needed from her uh, now as, as a junior. And I imagine, you know, we talked about, you know, them taking a month break uh, between uh, end of November all the way to the new year without, you know, being in the gym together. And they only had a couple of weeks to get going. So that performance from Jones was something to see for sure. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, on the other side for Ohio State, we talked about in the Big Ten preview how good Kylie Murr has been and how important she was going to be for the Buckeyes. She showed out all weekend. She had 22 digs in that opener. Gabby Gonzalez, who's someone we didn't talk about at all, had 16 kills for the Buckeyes. Uh, Maryland was able to piece together a couple of sets. They fought hard down the stretch, showed a lot of composure. I think in sets four and five, they uh, were in danger of dropping those sets by a, a much greater scoreline than what the, ended, the scoreline ended up being. But they were unable to pick up a victory in match one. Then match two on Saturday, the same scoreline. Ohio State wins it three sets to two. That match was kind of interesting because three of the first four sets went to extra points needed, 26-24 one way or the other. So these two teams were really evenly matched. Erica Pritchard had uh, a phenomenal day with 20 kills. But I think one of the big storylines in that one, in that match where Maryland won sets one and four, Jada Gardner with 17 kills. And she's not really someone we talked a lot about in the preseason and the buildup in the fall leading up to this campaign. But she showed that she's very much a part of this scoring committee behind Pritchard. Yeah, you mentioned going to extra serves in, in the first three sets. And in set one, you know, Maryland definitely wanted to have it coming off of that tough loss the night before. You know, you're going to be talking about, you know, whatever you did the night before is – still going to be with you the next night when you start. So Maryland really wanted that first set. And it was a Jada Gardner kill that got them to leading uh, one set to zero 
on Saturday, and, and she looked great at 17 kills, um, only trailing Erica Pritchard, the uh, team leader in kills the last two seasons for Maryland. So really encouraging to see Jada Gardner up there in the kill numbers. Talk about the main piece that Maryland needed to replace, and it's Katie Myers, who is that middle blocker, and Raynell Jones one night, and Jada Gardner the other, uh, doing a pretty good job of that this weekend. Yeah, and that might be the strategy for Adam Hughes is to kind of recreate that in the aggregate, not necessarily have the one player uh, to step in for Katie Myers, but to find a couple of different options depending on who it might be that night. Uh, like you said, it was Raynell Jones on Friday, and it was Jada Gardner on Saturday, and they were able to push a really good Buckeyes team to five sets both times. Another big, big number uh, that kind of really pops off the, off the charts, off the stat sheet on that Saturday afternoon game. 52 assists for Nicole Alford. She was someone who we talked about very early on as this podcast was getting up and going uh, with a big injury last season. Was she ever truly healthy a year ago? Now she's back. She said she's feeling really good. 52 assists is a big time number uh, for Nicole Alford. Well, she looked good. I mean, it was a world of difference. I think she made it up to 50 assists once last year at Indiana. And that was when Maryland was in the 5-1 rotation the entire time, and they looked like the 2018 team that was on the edge of the NCAA tournament. And that's what it kind of looked like on Saturday. They dropped a tough one, obviously, but 52 kills from Alford. When they're in that 5-1, I think Pritchard really likes that as well. When she's you know getting sets from Alford, she feels more comfortable, she looks better, and she ends up with a more powerful spike. That's why she had 20 kills on Saturday night. And Ohio State on the other side, a big reason why they won that match on Saturday. They were dominant at the service line, 12 service aces. Uh, A lot of that was some excellent serving from Ohio State. But when you look back at the tapes and miscommunication uh, from the Terps, especially on the back line, that seems like it's going to be a consistent theme throughout college volleyball for the first couple weeks. Uh, Some miscommunication, some rust as we get this unique season going. And Maryland's going to be watching a lot of film this week. I mean, they haven't been able to watch game film in in so long. So now they have these two matches to break down. And that's a huge thing for Adam Hughes. You know, who steps up and and who moves out of the way on a serve? He doesn't like that number 12 service aces for Ohio State. uh, And that's one thing they're going to be cleaning up in practice this week for sure. But a pretty strong performance, we'll say, against Ohio State, a team that incidentally snuck into the uh, receiving votes category of uh, the new ABCA coaches poll that came out uh, the day that we're recording this Tuesday, the 26th. They are technically 42nd, I guess, if you want to go all the way down the list. They received two votes to sneak into that list. A number of other Big Ten teams uh, were on the list as well, including the number one team in the nation, the Wisconsin Badgers, who Maryland will avoid. Ben, in that schedule preview, we mentioned how important that first weekend was because looking ahead, Maryland's schedule, it wasn't very encouraging. You got number seven Minnesota coming to town, and then you got to go and play the Nebraska Cornhuskers, two powerhouses, two of those blue bloods in the Big Ten and in college volleyball. It's going to be a tough two weekends for Maryland. Uh, This weekend specifically, what are we expecting? Uh, when number seven Minnesota comes to town? Well, we're expecting to see Katie Myers in a different jersey, which will certainly be an interesting dynamic. We've talked about this before 
uh, the irony of the first weekend back at the pavilion with matches happening since 2019. We'll see Katie Myers, who got a decent amount of playing time uh, when, when Minnesota swept Michigan State over the course of two matches, uh, six sets to nothing, three and three. Uh, so we'll see a good amount of Katie Myers in a Minnesota Golden Gophers jersey, which will always be strange. And then we'll see the machine that Hugh McCutcheon brings every single year to college volleyball. Adonna Rollins and Stephanie Samity have both been excellent. Uh, Cece McGraw, Bailey, Bailey McMenamin are both going to be big, big pieces once again, as per usual. And then we'll see some freshmen as well. Minnesota's got some freshmen that I think are going to make an impact over the course of this season, especially at the setter position. But when you look at Chaffmaster uh, on the, as a freshman, being able to come right in and contribute. So Minnesota going to have a, a lot of weapons to throw at Maryland. And the Terps are really going to need to find a way to respond. This is going to be, we said at the beginning of uh, this calendar year, uh, when the schedule came out, that we were going to learn a lot about this Maryland team in the first few weekends. I think that's even more true now, coming off of two encouraging uh, efforts, I'll say, against Ohio State, but still a zero in the win column. And now four matches against uh, the number seven team in the nation, the number five team in the nation is a really, really tough ask, but I think that we are going to learn a lot. And I think that that really still holds true and even more so about this Maryland Terrapins team over the next uh, week or two. Oh, absolutely. And you mentioned how weird it's going to be seeing Katie Myers back in the building in a different uniform. And Maryland didn't even get time to have any matches without her at the pavilion. She's right back and she's on the other side of the net. And she was really a, a big contributor against Michigan State for the Gophers last weekend. Of course, it was a, a sweep both nights. Uh, Maryland has that to look forward to. Michigan State, after they take on Nebraska uh, the following weekend, uh, February 12th and 13th, they take on Michigan State. Uh, but Katie Myers had eight kills and, and eight blocks over the first two games. So she's going to be there. She's going to be smirking through the net, I, I bet, at her old teammates. And then all those names you mentioned, this Minnesota team is just so deep and so well-rounded, as are Hugh McCutcheon teams of the past. Uh, but up front, they just have anyone who can explode for a big night, and that makes them such a tough team to prepare for. I mean, one of the players we talked about a lot last year, Reagan Pittman, she didn't even have a big weekend against Michigan State. She didn't need to. She, I mean, her kill percentage was was under 250. Uh, both nights and didn't have a good weekend. Who knows? She could be, uh, you know, spiking on the Terps all, all day uh, next weekend. You just don't know. Uh, the Gophers are a great team, and Maryland has quite the challenge in front of them this this weekend. Uh, yeah, they they absolutely do. And we'll say if you uh, if you want to learn more about Minnesota or hear a little bit more about Minnesota from another perspective, we encourage you to. Uh, look back at our episode number three, our Big Ten preview, when we had uh, Rachel Blount of the Minneapolis Star Tribune on. She gave a, a really nice in-depth look at Minnesota. Uh, that will be nice uh, to circle back to if you're looking for some additional listening from us and from an another perspective about this upcoming opponent that Maryland has. And, you know, if you're a Maryland fan or if you're the Maryland Terrapins themselves and you're, you're looking at a team like Minnesota, all the history, all the pedigree, and all the talent here in 2021 – you think, how do we have a shot? How do we beat this team? How do we stick with this team point for point? And for me, I think 
uh, playing error-free volleyball is going to need to be absolutely paramount. And that starts at the service line. I think Maryland's done a pretty good job of that so far. 11 service errors through 10 sets is a pretty solid ratio. They're going to need to keep that number to a minimum if they're going to have any set, any chance of staying with Minnesota. That team is too good for you to be giving them points. Yeah, and air-free volleyball is relies a lot on Nicole Alford, who, who's in the middle. That second touch is going to be going to her every time. You know, I think Maryland's going to stick with this 5-1 rotation. I think it worked really well this weekend, even though, you know, you get to a fifth set and it's only up to 15. And we talked about that Saturday set uh, was just all over the place uh, for Ohio State to take it 15 to 12. But, you know, when Maryland's hunkering down and trying to steal a set from these Gophers this weekend. It's going to be Alford on that second touch. Uh, that's going to, you know, set up Erica Pritchard on the outside. We talk about the 2019 matchup last year when the Gophers came to town, uh, won uh, three sets to zero, and that was the only matchup between these teams last year. But Erica Pritchard did lead the Terps with 12 kills, and I think she's got to do that again uh, if – Maryland's playing air-free on the first couple of touches. It's on Pritchard to get it down on the floor. Yeah, and I was there at the Pavilion for that matchup uh, against the Golden Gophers. I, I can't remember if you were as well, Kevin. Uh, but one thing that really stuck in my brain from that match was that Minnesota was really frustrated at how difficult it was to fight through the Maryland block when Minnesota was attacking. And uh, a lot of that fell on Katie Myers, ironically. Or Katie Myers was actually out for that game, so a lot of that fell on Raynell Jones, should I say. Uh, that's going to need to happen again. Maryland is going to need to frustrate the Golden Gophers at the net. Yeah, that's going to be a huge task, though, as I mentioned, because, you know, Minnesota moves the volleyball all over the floor and they, uh, you know, move in subs and, you know, you got another challenge waiting for you over there on the sideline. So it's going to be tough, but you're right. That's That's a huge key. It's going to fall on Jones and Gardner. They're, you know, Twin Towers sometimes, they can be really powerful at the net, and Maryland wants to have a chance in one of these matches getting being very powerful with their blocks and, and being there on, on every uh, attack from Minnesota is very important. Doesn't really get a whole lot easier. We talked about the ABCA coaches poll uh, that came out six Big Ten teams in the top 25. You think, all right, yeah, that's a pretty strong conference for those in the top 10. Uh, Wisconsin, number one, Nebraska, yep. number five, Minnesota, number seven, Penn State, number nine. The Terps face three of those opponents uh, over the course of this season, including two in the next two weekends. Kevin, a difficult stretch, especially in the first half of the season for Maryland, but how awesome is it to be able to sit here and not think about we're five weeks away, we're four weeks away, we're 27 days away. We've already played some volleyball. We've got more volleyball coming up this week. It's a joy. And it is a uh, it is a privilege. Yeah, at this point, we're a couple of days away from the third match of the season, and, and it's awesome. You know, Maryland is really excited to be back out there, and they're trying some new things. And I think Adam Hughes knows he has his work cut out for him. Only playing within the Big Ten this season, you know, you don't get to be above five hundred going into conference play because you were playing out of conference teams and playing at, at tournaments on the weekends before you see the powerhouses of the Big Ten. You don't get that luxury, and they know it's difficult, but they're happy to be playing volleyball and building some chemistry. You know, there are people, we mentioned Bergio, who 
spent a lot of her career so far on the bench. Another one uh, of those who spent most of her freshman year on the bench was Carl Lewis, played all 10 sets last weekend um, and, and was a presence on the floor. She had 12 blocks, and you're going to see some new faces. You're going to see Adam Hughes trying some new things, and we'll see how Maryland can go up against number seven, Minnesota. Yeah, Friday night at 8.30 and Saturday evening at 6 o'clock. Uh, Friday's match on the Big Ten Network, Saturday's evenings on BTN Plus behind a paywall unless you are connected to campus Wi-Fi at any Big Ten institution. Uh, I will say once again, I want to I say this. It's wonderful that we have Big Ten volleyball back. As we've learned in 2020-2021, playing college games in any sport is no longer a right. It is a privilege, so especially if you are on a college campus or in a college town, continue to be wearing a mask, continue to social distance, continue to follow COVID-19 protocols, um, because as we've learned, uh, no game is guaranteed anymore, and it is without a doubt a privilege that we can sit here and talk about college volleyball, that we can watch college volleyball, uh, and that you all can, can enjoy that as well. For sure. And this weekend, uh, check out Ben on BTN Plus on the call on Saturday. And for the Friday game, I will have a video recap at the left bench on Twitter and Instagram. So you'll get uh, some different takes from, from me after the game on Friday. And then you'll get to hear the wonderful Ben Curtis on the mic for the action on Saturday at 630. I paid Kevin $25 to plug that for me. So thank you very yeah, much. That was well worth it. Thank that. you. I think it was a good investment as well. We appreciate you listening to this episode of Block Party. We will be back with a recap of the Minnesota series and looking ahead towards everything to come in the Mar Maryland volleyball program. So until then, he's Kevin. I'm Ben saying so long, and we'll see you next time. See you next week.